Welcome to Helpful Social Work. Social work has the power to change people's lives for the better. This podcast aims to help you learn, think and act with integrity so people who need social work get help that will transform their lives. Welcome to Series 6 of Helpful Social Work. I'm Jo. And I'm Jerry, and throughout this series, we're mostly looking at equality and anti-oppressive practice using the Equality Act in England as a framework for that. But we also said we'd try and record the odd one-off podcast. And we had a really good suggestion um, a little while ago now from a listener about doing a podcast on social working from home. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's really great, isn't it, to hear from people about what we could talk about Um, So keep the suggestions coming. You can do that by visiting our website or by commenting on iTunes or on our Facebook page, Helpful Social Work Podcast, or on Twitter to me, joe at jfox underscore joe. But to be honest, I don't Twitter much, so you're much better off talking to Jerry. Please do leave reviews on iTunes um, if you can, because that helps people find us. Yeah, so um, some things that we're going to talk about. Um, I mean, the first thing that springs to mind for me is this idea of are we working from home or are we living at work? And we're 15 months now into COVID-19, it's the start of July. Um, There's hope, isn't there, within the UK that will start to emerge from it. Um, Social workers, it's right to say, you know, have been consistently out in communities over that period. Um, and mm. offices have been open to some extent, but largely most of us have worked at home more than we usually would. And although things are going to um, hopefully um, change for the better over the next little while, I think it's, you know, it's it's very likely that the working from home element of social work will will persist in, you know, to a greater extent than it than it was you know, a year or two years ago. Um, and that's something that we'll all need to be, um, yeah, to keep to keep managing you know, how you do that. I think that's that's fair enough to say, Jerry. And I think that, you know, and we also must be mindful when we're talking to people, um, because we talk to people from everywhere, um, that, as you say, here in England, um, things may be looking more like we're going to open up and you can be optimistic about that or pessimistic about that or, or anywhere in between. But there will be some people, some social workers and other people who will have to remain working from home for health reasons um, or for other reasons. And there's also, you know, a bigger move to hot desking um, and to kind of this blended approach. And certainly for me and my team um, with training, because that's what we do, we have been told quite clearly that lots of people will not be going back to -to face-to-face training, that they'll stay um, doing that kind of web training. And that means that, you know, for my team, a lot more working working from home. And that brings benefits and and difficulties to it. I think it's true to say. Yeah, and I think um, in terms of the experience that people have had, there's been a lot of uh, evidence gathered by Bowser, for example, from hearing from social workers about their experiences and there, there is an element of stress associated with working from home. Um, there mm. is an element of um, struggle there sometimes to engage with team members and, and gain the peer support. Um, there's a um, 
definite um, question about how to manage the boundaries between the personal and the professional um, and juggle work life when work and life are in the same place um, and that includes mm. particularly people who've got caring responsibilities um, we're still in a situation where you know a lot of children are out of school um, and a lot of childcare isn't available that was previously and yeah. I think there's a really important and strong emerging element about the availability issue um, that because people aren't on the road so much, moving around so much, in a sense, they are more accessible. Um, so mm -hmm. you might be able to get hold of them maybe more easily. Um, that can be very positive, but it also can be a bad thing. You know, that accessibility, um, the potential to interrupt people, the potential for the working day to creep into the evening and into weekends. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's a real that's a real um, area that we an element that we really need to address to protect and there's also the that um, yes yeah, sorry Jerry I, you just you just made me think about the fact that when you're more available you you just tend to be more sweating more static and so for me that's one it's not good for us physically to be more static but two because the work we deal with um, has a really high emotional content and is also very complex, the act of moving physically actually helps you process both emotions and, and thoughts. And so just walking from one meeting room to another or getting into your car and traveling to somewhere different all of that process allowing us to process emotions, that was allowing us to do that kind of reflective work, um, has been really squeezed. And so I'm working a lot with social workers who are coming to me straight on the heels of another meeting. So they've literally hung up the button and repressed the button. Or even worse, sometimes they pop into me and they say, I've just opened this, but I just need to let you know that I'm finishing off in the other room. So I'm just going to do that and I'll be back. And so the time for them, for their poor little brains and their poor little hearts and their bodies to actually recover from the impact of what they're doing and then move to another task, the tasks must all merge into one another. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and so I do think that that's something we need to be thinking about. How can we gather that reflective time and that movement time and that space and pace mm -hmm. back so that we're actually building that into this environment. And I don't think we've done that at all. I think that availability thing, first of all, it was great, wasn't it, that we didn't have to drive for X amount of hours to go here or we could just pop into there. But I think that that also has um, some real challenges to it. Yeah, it's interesting because it's similar to some of the conversations that we had in early series when we were talking about reflection and we're talking particularly about um, we did it. We did a podcast on hot desking um, and the two big, big issues with kind of agile working, um, i.e. people not being social workers, not coming together regularly was lack of peer support and lack of reflective opportunities. Mm. But I think that there is those two things are definitely there but then there's this additional issue about um, work-life balance and availability and that goes alongside the the problem of the of the intensity of the work 
Um, you know, we've mm-hmm. talked before about how you need to manage focus. You, know, you, you can focus for a certain amount of time, can't you, on um, on tasks, but then you need to have a bit of downtime to recover. Um, you can't work. At, there's, a, there's a really nice parallel, actually, with hospitals. Hospitals ideally would operate at about 85 percent bed capacity because you need the extra room for flexibility and movement and mm. peaks and troughs. And um, when a hospital's working at 90 or above percent, it's, you know, it stops being able to, to work as responsibly um, and have be as effective. And I think you know, people are a bit like that as well. You know, when we're yeah. working flat out, I did a day yesterday where I actually probably only did about five hours work, um, but it was all really high intensity work new things that I was having to think really deeply about and respond to at speed as well and I was completely wiped out because I hadn't taken any breaks through that Mm -hmm. so if I'd spread that out over eight hours um it would have been a manageable day yeah and if you'd seen people too this is the other thing that um I think is really interesting in this new way of working that we must remember it's not just the lack of peer support it's the disembodiment of each other because what we're seeing is heads and shoulders. And I was working with a group the other day, the woman who started with this authority in lockdown. So she had actually started working from home and she hasn't stopped. She's been managing her team, working with people all in lockdown. And um, she said to some of the other people, I don't even know how tall you are. I don't have a sense of your physicality because I I haven't been able to have that sense. And I thought, and when she said it, it felt it was quite powerful as, as a message. I thought, yeah, that's right. There's a whole range of human connectivity and human information that we actually miss out on. Yeah. Um, but it's also, as well as when we're working from home, there's a difficulty managing our space and our pace and all of those things. But there's also the difficulty in making connections well mm-hmm. over virtual environments. And that also adds a strain because you can kind of feel, you think about it, Jerry, if you'd had those difficult meetings in rooms with other people, then other someone might have seen, like if I've been with you, I might have seen you a flag and gone and got you a cup of tea or something or just, you know, did a, did a little something that would have let you know, one, I could see that and two, I cared. Mm. But you don't get those opportunities in the same way when we're working in these environments. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's something else to think about. Who's around you at home who's offering you that human touch and that human care um, during difficult work times. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I just want to mention around the you know, the potential impact of working from home is about the um, the setup, the work setup that people mm-hmm. have. Um, you know, right at the start of the pandemic, we had people working on their beds. Um, you know, at dining room tables, that's still obviously the case a lot. You know, just kind of crouched here and there in sheds. Um, mm. And I think the the temporary has become the medium term now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's worth just reminding people that reasonable adjustments that you'd expect at work um, yeah. should also happen in your home. Um, mm. And that would include you know, occupational health 
assessments and having the right equipment and the right kit. Um, obviously, that's <clears throat> that's as I understand it for the law in the UK. It may be different in different places, but um, essentially, if you're if you're doing a job for someone, they need to check in with you that you're able, you're in a place that you can do it without causing damage mm -hmm. to yourself. Yeah, and and that you're in a place where you can manage confidentiality well, and that you're in a safe space, and also, as you say, that physically you've got all the equipment you need so that you don't get RSI or any of those other uh, the workplace injuries that we would guard against in the in the bigger workplace. Yeah. I think that's really important, Jerry. So, having said all of that, there are some real benefits. Um, I mean, this is likely to persist not just because it can be helpful in public health sense um, and it will maybe need to be continuing um, to some regard because of that, but also because there are, you know, there are benefits as well as, as drawbacks. Mm. And so having um, the opportunity to work from home, I think is, is you know, is potentially very valuable, um, but it's a question of managing the, um, the undesirable side effects, potential side effects. And there's lots of things that mm -hmm. that I think we've learned over the last year um, that people were to some extent aware of, but we've we've gained a lot of experience um, around what we can do individually to look after ourselves, what we can do professionally, you know, with our colleagues to kind of stay in contact, contact make sure that we have that back up that kind of debriefing that reflective time that we need the support that we need and also that organizations can do to really um, give permission and clearly set expectations around balance within this way mm. of working um, you know and, and and how people manage the workflow and how we manage things like flexibility around work and life responsibilities um, and how we trust people as well to work at home um yeah and what we and what we're able to say too because the other thing that's occurring to me because uh, you know the, the most of the social workers i work with have um found their organizations to be quite helpful actually and one of the thing is um that so some people who have genuinely struggled to work from home for reasons of access or um how many people are in their house or any of those kind of things they have provided them in the workplace because you know there are limited amounts of people who are allowed to go into workplaces and so it's about not being afraid if you're one of those people who ne actually would do much better being out of your home for many different reasons it's knowing that you can actually have those conversations um, that it's not a blanket we're all to stay at home mm -hmm. but that there is possibility of having individual circumstances you can that you can actually talk about um, and for those of us who are thriving at home, and I know lots of social workers who are, um, who are finding life much less stressful, being able to move back and forth from their home base, um, being able to stay more connected with their families, um, and being able to stay on top of all sorts of chores. I mean, a good example is we had a 15-minute break yesterday, something we would do you know, which is something they wouldn't have been able to do. And maybe all that laundry would have been waiting until the end of the week. So, you know, if you can if you can get that balance right, I think for some people um, it's been a kind of flourishing for them. Can I just but do a quick me, shout out as well yeah. for Pandemic Pets? Yeah. It's been amazing to be able to work near your pet. 
if you have one. It's been wonderful, hasn't it? Yeah, I think that's exactly. I, I, I'm completely convinced that Lola single-handedly arranged this pandemic. She is so happy. <laughs> yeah, so there's so there are those benefits, and I think you're right. But for me, it's about being person-centered, knowing that there. It is different for every person. And if you're in a supervisory or a management role, remaining really curious about the experience of each of your staff. Um, and another lovely story I heard the other day was someone who does her, um, her case supervision online, but who does the personal supervision in a coffee shop. And so she just invites her staff and if they're comfortable and says do you just want to meet me for coffee it would be so lovely to see you and um, she takes them for coffee and cake mm -hmm. and it's just um, a really lovely way of telling a person that they matter to you and that you're available to them and not everybody takes that up and that's fine as well but there's there's kind of you know you need to we need to be thinking about how we stay connected with each other and how we and how how everybody's situation is very different yeah. and not kind of going working from home good, working from home bad. I think working from home, complex. Yeah. So I just want to signpost people to um, Baswa's guidance around this, um, which is at baswa.co.uk, and that um, includes some guidance for individuals around self-care uh, to kind of check in on yourself, um, keep taking your leave, you know, it's still a job, mm. even though you're at home, obviously. You know, so you, mm. you should have breaks. You should have days off. Um, kind of trying to maintain that routine and um, try and avoid intense work all day. Mm. Um, you know, or certainly hours on end. Um, talk to your talk to your supervisor if you can't take on more work um, and have that support system in place professionally and personally. Um, and thinking about where is your reflective time coming? Um, how are you going to, to manage that? And where, where can you de debrief and do critical reflection? And again, for, for teams and supervisors, um, as Joe said, it's about thinking about each individual and who their support is, um, maybe buddy systems, um, maybe um, kind of quite personalized sort of ways of checking in with people, um, because people need different things and try not to overwhelm each other because we can do that you know, when, when I feel like I've got too many emails um, or too many interruptions and then I look at the emails I'm sending out and the interruptions I'm, <laughs> I'm making. Indeed. <laughs> I realise um, yeah, that's that's the problem and I think just organisations need to keep setting expectations that people manage you know have have a work-life balance because um we have an altruistic workforce people do saturate themselves and keep working and keep working and you cannot tell people too often that their well-being is the most important thing mm. and on that note i think the other thing is whether you've loved working from home or you've hated working from home or you just you've, you've been okay with it. None of those positions are right or wrong. I, I think it's really important that there's not some kind of oh well, you know I've managed or I haven't. That we don't set it up into some into some kind of camp. You know whatever you feel about it, you should be able to actually just talk about that honestly um, and comfortably because this is really different. It's really different this way of working. Um, and I think one of the things that I've relied on, and I just was reflecting on it now, is one of my um, besties lives three houses down from me. 
Um, and I have made a bit of a habit of going over and having a cup of tea with her at lunchtime about three times a week. Mm. And I just sit with her for half an hour and I get that really lovely care and nurture connection. Yeah. Who are the people in your neighborhood, you know, mm. who actually could provide you with a bit of downtime and human contact um, and a bit of care? You know, we don't go there to talk about work. We go, we go there to be a human and just have human connectivity. Because for some of us, this experience has probably been quite isolating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. So thanks, Joe. And um, well, again, I think we'll probably keep revisiting these kind of issues yeah. as we go along. Um, it's been really good. Well, to it's a moving feast, this. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So take care out there, everyone. And regardless of um, how you're finding this work world, we hope that um, social work that, that is still bringing you joy um, as as a profession because, it, you know, it remains one of the most lovely professions to be in um, when you're supported well and, and when you're able to feel that you can do it to your full potential. So, yeah, that's what we would yeah. like it for everyone, isn't it?